Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Gavin Few Rangers podcast. My name's Colin McDuff and as ever I'm joined by Scott Hodge. Hi Colin. And Craig McCadam. Hi guys. So, this is getting there. It's a um, busy week. Rangers uh, retained their place at the top of the SPFL Premiership with a 2-0 win over Hamilton yesterday. Craig, we'll come to you first. The the team lineup. there was only one change. Uh, Hadji was in for the injured Cedric Itton. Uh, were you surprised by the lineup, or were you happy to see more of the same for Kilmarnock for the week before? Yeah, uh, going, going by the sort of press conference and stuff, I thought it probably would have been the, more or less the same team. Um, he was talking about how you don't really want to change a, a winning team unless you have to, so Itton um, not being there was a bit of a surprise, but apart from that, um, obviously I think it was a calf injury they said he's got, so hopefully that's not too serious. But other than that, I was expecting him just to to go with the same team again. Um, been defending well, playing well, so no need to change it really. Yeah, it's nice to have a bit of stability because they are playing well. Um, it was good to see more, more of the same. Scott, obviously the big talking point through the week was Alfredo Morelos. Um, Gerard said through the week that he'd, he'd got Alfredo's made himself available again for selection through his application. So I think there was a bit of rumours going back and forth. Morelos never made himself unavailable for selection. Gerald just dropped him and he's picked up his game on during uh, training, obviously. So were you surprised to see him on the bench still yesterday? Not really. I think I think Gerald was making more of a statement that nobody's bigger than, than the club and you know, we want to play these games. So I think Kamala like at home was a perfect opportunity to to get Roof up to match fitness and, and Itton as well. Uh, more of the same. He's not, as I said, he's not been playing badly, but he's not been in the best form. He scored two goals and it was in the, you know, the one match. So I think he's, he's not, as I say, he's not been poor, but 
you know, he's, he's not been at his best. So I think, you know, that, that I, I can't, I'm not saying it's the end of his Rangers career. I don't, I don't think it will be. If he doesn't get sold to the right money, I think he'll be a big contributor to our, our game plan. But, you know, it's it's just it's a bit of a nightmare situation because if we continue to not play him, he'll be unhappy and we won't get the fee that we're asking. I think his price is just going to drop for what we're wanting. Mm-hmm. So I think I think he will maybe blend him in or he'll try and get him moved on in the next two weeks for an international break. Uh, yeah, but I think you're right in terms of that statement. I think that is Gerard making it clear to Morelos and anybody else that regardless of speculation, uh, there's a certain standard expected right up until you go. So that's fair enough. But looking at the game itself, boys, I, I thought we started it. I thought we started the first half really, really well. And it was actually quite, I don't know, quite good to see Hamilton didn't set up 10 men behind the ball. They were, fair play to them, they were having a go. But the Rangers, I thought they just looked, they looked up for it for the get-go. So Craig, Hadji um, got the first goal. Good ball in from uh, Stephen Davis, it was actually. I think Bona uh, Barisic gets it to the touchline, knocks it back. Good ball in for Davis. And is it Roof that heads it towards goal? And Hadji with the right, right way to the right time just taps it in. So this will be massive for his confidence, won't it? Uh, he's, I think he will be like a confidence player in it. He'll, he'll have his moments that he'll, he'll drift in and out of games, but I think he's just that type of player. Um, he still is really young. Um, but he, there was a few wee moments. So obviously, he's got his goal. There was a, a wee passage with Kent that uh, it was a wee one-two. Kent dinked it over the top of the defender and the keeper made a good save. Uh, but it was a good strike from Hadji. So I think that's we just kind of need to accept that's the type of player that, that Hadji is. Um, you play him for 90 minutes and he'll probably only pop up maybe six or seven times throughout the game but it'll be something special when he does uh, so as long as you've got the team sort of set up to, to accommodate that and we know that's what Hadji's going to do then it'll be fine it'll work for us um, but I, I think he's got so much potential um, and he is really young so it was just a case for that goal just getting enough bodies in the box and as you said right place at the right time to smash it home yeah, I think there has to be a bit of tailoring expectations what we're going to get for Hadji. Um, I seen somebody after the game tweeted yesterday, uh, don't care if he's got his goal, he's never got to be as good as his dad. Straight <laughs> <laughs> up again. Yeah, what, what chance have you got? <laughs> Must be shite having uh, a dad that's that good at football. And you're just going to look absolutely rotten. <laughs> but no, you're right, he's not going to be, he's not going to be in Barry Ferguson, he's not going to go box to box, he's not going to drive the team forward, but what he has got to do is, Pop up with a moment of magic. I, I said that about Kent last season as well. Like when people are questioning him if he was good enough, waste of money and things. Like his job is to take on the defender and do something. If he takes on a defender ten times in a game, it might only be three or four times he gets by, which we need to accept. But that chance will be a goal, or he'll set up a goal. So with they with they sort of exciting players, we need to be patient with them and realize you know their job. They can do all the work all, all they want off the ball, but they're there to make a bit of magic, you know what I mean? And you're not going to be able, if he, if, he, if he was to do it every time and not lose the ball, he wouldn't be at Rangers. He'd be, you know, no. he'd be at Barcelona. No, he'd, be, he'd, be, <laughs> he'd be Hadji's dad's level. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, moving on to, it wasn't a long after, I think it was about five I minutes know. after we got the second goal. And so much, uh, stay, we'll stay with you, Scott, so much positivity for this goal. 
So, an ex good bit of trickery from Ryan Kent on the left there. And what I'm loving, he's getting shots away. Mm-hmm. How many times last season did, did it just pass along the 18 yard line and you're screaming, shoot, shoot, shoot? He gets a shot away. Good save from the keeper and Tavernier, right place, right time. Aye, no, really, really good goal again. I think Kent has been one of our, I'd probably say because of Viribo's injury. I know maybe Barisic had a fantastic start as well. He's pro- They've been our best three players. So real credit to, to Kent. And as I say, Tav been in, been in there. I was actually thinking it's been ages since he's scored. So um, we've not had a penalty, so we don't know who's on there. <laughs> but um, it's been a while since he's, uh, since he's scored. And it just shows you that when a right back scoring a tap in this <laughs> fucking six yard box. So it's brilliant to see. So yeah, especially against these teams, we need to be an attacking threat. You know, it's there's no point in you know it's the, the big old debate. Why do we need two holding midfielders? Well, there's a the proof in the pudding because Tav's in the six yard box. Yeah, Craig, I was so many times yesterday when Tav was your your father's forward player. Um, we're going to come into the defence as a whole later on, but. I find we need to speak a bit about him. He's, uh, I think he's been excellent so far this season without really getting too much of the plaudits. That do you think a weight's been lifted for him? Do you think he, the break came at the right time for him? Because we spoke a couple of weeks ago that even though he is so reliable physically, he did look mentally drained last year, and he looks like he's playing well off freedom. Yeah, could be that because um, they've obviously had a a big break, so they're probably just. Got to the stage that we're desperate to get back playing football again. Um, by the, the other thing I noticed in that goal, so obviously Tav got a tap in, but Barisic was in the box as well. Um, <laughs> but we, we've obviously talked a lot about formations and that kind of thing, but it just shows you when we're actually in possession, the formation doesn't matter too much. It's about getting bodies forward and attacking. Because um, I don't think any formation you picture your two fullbacks being in the attacking box at the same time. When are we so, going to change it as a back, the back four? Because it's, it's absolutely <laughs> not. <isn't> it? <laughs> uh, so it just shows you they're, they're both bombing forward, which is, well, that's how we're setting up, basically. And that's why we're playing with the two centre mids, so that we can afford to, to let the fullbacks just go on, basically. Um, just in the formation again, it was, was trying to work out at the start how Ken, Barker and Hadji would all line up. But it was pretty much, Kent's just been so good, hasn't he? I think the way it was working was, Kent was going where he wanted, and then Hadji and Barker were filling another gap, pretty much. Um, I don't know if that was a tactic or if that's just the way Kent was playing. Um, he was He's just gone up a level, hasn't he? He's been amazing this season, um, which is good, because the last couple of seasons, you maybe have been expecting a wee bit more from him, and he's now at that stage where he's the main man. You mentioned Barisic and Aribo as well, but I'd say Kent's are, especially in current form, head and shoulders, our best player, um, probably our most important player. Um, so he's been terrific, but just the way the whole team sets up with the fullbacks, that's obviously our tactic. Um, interesting to see. Hopefully, it's not enforced and we can um, make the choice, but to give Bassey or Patterson a chance at some point, maybe a home game or a cup game, to see if it impacts the way we play uh, much, because that's uh, the only concern if Tava Barisic were, were to be out, um, with a bit of drop off from it. Um, so that'd be interesting to see it at some point. Just on what you mentioned about Kent there, I think uh, maybe a, a big part of this, obviously he's had time to get comfortable. This is his first proper pre-season with Rangers, like he's had as well. 
I think he's looking at the Morelos speculation, and I think uh, if Morelos goes, Ken knows this is his year to to be the main man and take that, take the, take it, yeah. take uh, every game by the boys and just go and do his thing. I think that's maybe a big part. Of, you know, he's he's stepping up to the plate and long may it continue. Uh, just on just on the midfield there, Davis and Jack. I thought they looked really comfortable uh, all day yesterday, and I know we talk about the two holding midfielders, but I like like Jack was maybe trying to drive a wee bit forward, and Davis was just picking up balls for deep and putting them in. That's that's well, obviously Davis has changed so much, and you know from his first spell here, you know he was always driving into the box, but I think the the way he plays now, it's it's we just need he just keeps it simple and moves it. I was watching the it was like Brian Clough yesterday, and it was like what he said is like if you're not a good player, you pass it to somebody else. <laughs> but it's so true, like you just play it to the players that are going to create Ken Tav and stuff like that. He just does it brilliantly, and he reads the game so well. But I was actually a bit surprised that he was playing so much because I, I think we discussed it about you know he's obviously getting on a bit in age, and you know we're maybe just going to deploy him in you know bigger games where he's more you know maybe suited. So I was actually. You know, quite surprised. He played really well, though. Both of them, they are linking up brilliantly. Uh, it'll just be interesting to see what they do when Aribo's back to fitness because it's, it's another option, isn't it? But so. the, ma- the manager did touch on that in his post-match interview. He's, um, he's got a real selection problem mm-hmm. coming back, but that's what we want. Just moving into the second half, so <sighs> Rangers were getting forward. They were still trying to uh, take the game at Hamilton. And again, fair play to Hamilton. They were... They were waiting to get a goal. Uh, they didn't just shut up shop and they accept they were going to get beat. But it probably should have been a higher scoreline if Rangers were more clinical. So, Craig, there's there's kind of two camps to to this problem. You know, there, there is one camp that is shut up for top of the league and we won 2 nothing. Why are we complaining? The other camp is, you know, against a better team uh, when we're going to get punished for not taking our chances. Where do you, where do you sit in this? It's fine as long as we're not conceding goals. If we keep that run going, we only need one or two, and, and then that's job done, isn't it? But it's, I just wonder if there is a game that we concede a couple of goals, do we have enough goals in us to, to still go and win that game? I, that, we probably should have went on and won yesterday, 3-4-5-0 easily. But I, if, you, if you win 2-0, keep a clean sheet, Three points, nobody get injured. It's it's job done, isn't it? It's nothing to complain about. Um, probably just a bog standard routine win. Uh, so I'll take take that every game for the rest of the season. I'd be happy with that. But you do hope that at a certain point, maybe when when Roof gets a wee bit sharper and we get Itten in, players like Defoe and Aribo to come back. You do hope that it will start to click a bit more um, going forward, and somebody's going to get a doing off as fairly soon. Um, as I said, as long as we're keeping our clean sheets and you only need to get one goal and you're getting the three points, that's that's the most important thing. I think people need to remember back to when we won three in a row under Walter Smith. You know, like everything, every memory is rosier in hindsight. But if you actually look at their games, you know, Rangers, they were really exciting games for about 50, 60 minutes. And as soon as Rangers went to three now up, it's just turned the foot off the gas um, for the last half an hour. And that happened every game for three years. Um, if that was to happen again, I'd be delighted with that because that's how that's how Rangers win leagues. Uh, just 
a bit more on the the back five, if you like. Then Scott, this is a uh, we've actually equaled the clean sheet record, uh, which was set in nineteen oh six for six clean sheets on the trot in the league. I don't, I, I don't think you can. I don't think even Ian could criticise Tom Robinson <laughs> here, but that's. Aye, um, John McLaughlin as well. It was um, obviously McGregor was on the bench, so I, I'm loving that battle. To be fair, it's it's. Um, I don't think it should be dropped. To be to be completely honest, I know you said maybe Craig about him coming back after an international break, but I, how can you drop somebody that's had you know a perfect start to three So um, absolutely, it's. Uh, He's, as I say, he's done absolutely nothing wrong, and you wonder if this is McGregor's last season. If we will look to sign a keeper, it's, it will be interesting to see how. Obviously, Robbie McCrory is he going to come in as backup to John McLaughlin next year, or are we setting the standard a bit higher and maybe bringing in somebody else? So, but um, the, the back five have been tremendous, um, absolutely brilliant, no complaints. I probably, I probably would have wanted to see. Uh, Balogun, I know I'm not Hollander's biggest fan, but I, I mean, if he proves me wrong, brilliant. But in terms, I think he drives out more quickly with the ball and gives a more attacking threat against somebody that parks the bus, you know. So, um, but every single one of them have been fantastic, and there's absolutely no need to rotate just now, you know. Um, it would be good, as you say, Craig. Let's see Patterson and and Bassi, but that's where we need to go on and give somebody a hammer and take four off them. And then we can start to introduce these players. Yeah, that's probably my only criticism yesterday, Craig. Yeah. You know, I know 2 0 isn't probably the most comfortable scrolling, but I would have liked a few more subs introduced earlier. It was only Arfield that came on with 50 minutes to go, then Greg Stewart in the 91st minute. I, I, that was the most pointless sub ever, but. No, make it a reappearance fee. That's what maybe. That's what I was going to say. He's probably not complaining. I've probably got weighed in for that. <laughs> uh, but I don't know about the subs because see the games we have been making four and five subs. It just completely kills it. I think, and you lose all momentum. So it's way enough. It's obviously good to to get people minutes and get them on, um, especially younger players like Patterson and Bassey. Just getting them used to the like the environment of it. But then at the same time, it's it starts to feel like a friendly when you're using all these subs, I think, and it just sort of kills the momentum of it. But I, to be fair with Jared now, we've seen it every way when he's not really making subs and he's used all five subs and we moan about it every time. So there's <laughs> not yeah. really, I don't I don't think he can win. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, we, we are a fickle bunch, that's fair news. So all in all, um, I'll put you in the spot. Out of six games, we've won five, two, one. Obviously, as of today, we are we are top of the league. Unless Hibs beat Aberdeen 6-0, I think it will go into the international break. Top of the league, and obviously, certainly have a few games in hand, but uh, even if they win all them, they'll be leveling points. For me, I would have took this at the start of the season, if you asked me, before the international break, but in this position. Is that fair? I think we're... Well, we're one goal against Livy away from a perfect start, aren't we? Um, I can't really have gone much better, as I say, other than, than that one slip-up. And even then, that game, we still did, we, we didn't play that badly. It was more Livy were playing 10 at the back, basically, weren't they? They had no interest in coming forward, whereas, like you mentioned, at, at least with Brian Rice at Hamilton, he, he does try and get them playing a, a bit of football and 
they know they're probably not going to win and they're not as good as, as our players, but they at least give it a go, whereas Levy just had no interest in coming out of their half. Um, so I but barring that one game and even then it's it's one goal that we missed. Um, I forgot that it's perfect. Yeah, I think as well in terms of just when you're saying Hamilton, they would have took confidence because they beat us last season. So mm. you know that's why it's like well we've done it. You know last season there's every chance we can do it just now. So it's just, just wish more teams would <laughs> make it a much more attractive <laughs> league if people fucking wanted to play I, football. But I, would, I think um, <laughs> also I'm not one to moan about how teams set up against us they should set up um, how they find their best run to get a result but I think Hamilton have always been the case of right, if we have 10 games against a bigger team we can either go for it 10 times and one, eight once, one out of 10 times it will come off or the other 10 if we set up not to get beat we're going to struggle to a 1-0 defeat yeah. you know what I mean so I think and obviously it came off for them last, last year at Ibrox so fair play to them uh, so, looking into the international break, I didn't realise there as many as this. We've actually got eight, eight senior call-ups for, for different international teams. So, I'll run through them. Philip Hellander is called up for Sweden. Glenn Kamara for Finland. Borna Barisic for Croatia, obviously. And Northern Ireland have called up Jordan Jones and Stephen Davis. So, the first three, I think, um, are, are fairly... Fairly straightforward. Jordan Jones, Scott, that's um, that's a bit of a strange one still. He's not really got a game, but are Northern Ireland just that desperate, or do you think? It's, uh, it's, maybe it's just the standard of wingers. He's, he's obviously he's probably a bit fitter than other players, despite not playing hardly any minutes for us. He's, he's, he's in and about it. He's played bounce games when the English teams... Are just coming back in the past week or so, so I think it might be down to that. And um, I think he has a, a a good, you know, a good player for them. You know what I mean? It gives them a different option. I think they're blessed with great wingers, if you know what I mean. I think he is probably one of their better players, and probably for the sake of his international career, he would like to to move on. I know um, Stoke were linked to him uh, with Michael O'Neill, so it, you know, I think that would be probably best for all parties and it trims our, our wage but I'm hearing that we want what, a million pound for them which I think is quite unrealistic but you know obviously they've got money down there you know what I mean mm. why, why not say that because we'll get if we, if it's less than that we need to aim high so you kind of hope it does set the head of the light with Northern Ireland this week just to a, either like get back in contention for the Rangers team or as you said, move on because right now he's just very stagnant and he's not really doing anything and uh, he's, it doesn't help Rangers and it doesn't help his career if he's not anywhere near the first team. Uh, so we've also had three call-ups for Scotland. So Ryan Jack has been called back up to the squad and John McLaughlin and the on-loan Robbie McCrory. So Craig, obviously we're going to be a bit biased here, but John McLaughlin, I think he should be going... Uh, and then starting these two games for Scotland, you'd imagine so. Um, it's uh, David Marshall's the other one, isn't it? Um, so he, I think he has been first choice for Scotland. So that that might be the only um factor in it that if he's been number one, that's that's the way they they might want to go. Um, but I, I it has to be McLaughlin for me. I think. Um, plus Marshall's probably not really been playing recently, has he? Maybe just sort of came back into pre-season, a couple of friendlies or whatever. Whereas McLaughlin's up and running, 
So I, I, I would start him off when it'd be good to see McCrory get a, a bit of game time, um, just even for a debut for him, if it's the last 10 minutes of a game or whatever, but it's as competitive game. So I, I don't know if, if that's likely to happen, but even if he's just in and about the squad, it's still a good experience for him and he's still so young. And Jack, you would think, would will get some, some minutes at least. Uh, the last sort of run of Scotland games, it was uh, Jack, McGregor and McGinn that they were playing in midfield, wasn't it? So might, might stick with that, I think. Uh, I think um, we are really top-heavy. Uh, Scotland are really top-heavy for midfielders. You've got the likes of Fleck in that as well. But I generally think Ryan Jack gives you something different for the rest of them. I, I would have him in the Scotland team. I think yeah, there, there was a start last season um, that out of all the available midfielders for the Scotland team, Ryan Jack has the best uh, ball pro- progression rate, or whatever it's called, right? <laughs> no, so basically, I, um, <laughs> for, for the idiots like me, what it means is he's uh, the most effective at getting the ball up the park quicker than any other midfielder, either by winning the back or dribbling forward with it. And I never really imagined Ryan Jack as that kind of player, but there you go. It may be as um, as uh, Ryan Clough would say, <laughs> win the ball and give it to a good player. <laughs> Sometimes you need something as simple as that. But all in all, it's great to see that number of players getting called up for the international squads. After for so many years, we, we didn't have... We only had maybe one or two over the last few years, so that that'll be really exciting to see how they all do in competitive matches as well. You need to remember as well we, we had quite a lot of under twenty one call ups as yep. well, so that's really positive. I think who's it, Patterson and um, is it McPake as well? I'm not, I'm not sure then who from the academies there, so that's really good to see. And we do have other internationalists, which you know like we've got. Aribo, who yep. I, don't, I don't know if they're not playing. Or, no, so Nigeria and Colombia aren't playing until October. So there's another two in there. And Balogun as well uh-huh. would, would be included in that. So Itten, um I don't know if he missed out due to the injury. Maybe it's a bit yep. worse than we, 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 we know of. So um, I don't know if that has a factor or he's just out of favour. But obviously he's been, I suppose, at three goals in two games. He can't really. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe he should just retire with that, that <laughs> record, to be fair. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So, coming back to Rangers then, uh, the news, there's been three one uh, announcements this week as well. We'll quickly cover it off. Reese Brain and Kieran Wright have both been loaned out with Partick Thistle. So both these guys are twenty. 
year old. Reese Brain's a defender. He's just came back from quite a serious injury. This is his first loan spell. And Kieran Wright, another goalkeeper. We've got so many goalkeepers um, in at this level who are out on loan uh, or been out on loan the last couple of years. He was on loan at Aloha last year. I think both of these players will be playing every week for Partick Thistle. Personally, I think it will be a a good a good move if this is a first time playing every week um, at senior uh, senior level. It is a drop off and it is a massive drop off for where we want them to be playing. But Craig, um, is there something to be said that the environment they're going into, party need to get promoted this year? They need to win that league. Is that maybe something that will benefit them? Yeah, because there'll be that wee bit of pressure on them. Um, because Partick Thistle shouldn't really be in League One, should they? They should be at least in the Championship. So they'll be looking at them to win that league. So it's probably a a mini version of the sort of pressure you would get at, at Rangers, um, being expected to win every week. And then obviously just for young boys playing against men every week as well, just the physical side of it and getting the experience from that. So uh, it's it seems to be um the way we set up at the academy that they'll get their League One loan move this year then hopefully next year they'll go to the Championship and, and build it up from there so ho- hopefully that works out One thing with that is you're saying they're 20 and then so f- for them to progress at, at that rate they're, they're going to be 22, 23 like by the time they're in contention you know what I mean it's yeah. it's very difficult for them so they really need to I think they need it's just the way like, we're not the best obviously with the youth like, prospects but they really need to hit the if they're going to have a chance of being around the first team. I think they just need to tear up the League One anyway. Yeah, yeah. I think um, you know this day and age, even like goalkeepers, they always mature a bit later. But yeah. even the def- centre defenders like Reece Breen, they're starting to mature a bit later now as well. Yeah. And uh, even if it potentially takes two or three years until they develop into that level, then I think that's a decent rate. Twenty yeah. three, twenty four. Yeah. If you look at Alan McGregor, he wasn't. He must have been what twenty six when he first broke into. The Rangers team about that um, after several loan spells. Um, but I think you're right. I think it, on the flip side, any any young player who is long-term or short-term wanting to time break in the Rangers team, they need to be ripped up mm-hmm. in, in League One level yeah. as a bare minimum. It's, it's interesting you say about centre defenders. Remember Gerard said that as well about Katic. He was, mm-hmm. he was sort of saying, you need to remember that like, he is a very young centre-back. Like, Centre backs probably won't play their best football till they're 30, 31. So, um, it's a, it would probably we probably put too much pressure on Katic to be honest for his age. You know, this this is good now because well, not obviously him being injured, but options now. So we're not so heavy reliant on them. But you wonder how many you know minutes they're going to play. Like Edmondson, who done so well, like he looks miles from the first team now, and how's he going to develop? You know, mm. it's just it's going to be quite difficult to keep that balance. I think it's um, early on in the season, and we're, we're only seeing a kind of strongest back form or whatever. Or, yeah. But I think we need to remember there's going to be less breaks this year. The, the games are going to come thick and fast. Like Touchwood, we get in the Europa League again. We'll have the League Cup and the Scottish Cup. And there, there's going to be a long period where we're playing midweek and uh, at the weekends. Take into consideration consideration, suspensions, injuries, I think the likes of uh, Edmondson and uh, Cartage, if he comes back, they will get minutes. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think it's good to get these guys out early, they, you know, the, the Colts who aren't going to be playing. Yeah. 
Craig, the other the other big news was Jamie Murphy has been loaned out to Hibs. So this is um, a, a one-year loan deal with, again, an obligation to buy. So I think yeah, there was a bit of discussion about maybe does it, would he have fitted into the Rangers team. But first of all, in terms of the business side of it, and it's probably a, a shrewd tactic for Rangers. They've done it with McCrory as well. They're putting really decent players into opposition teams who can't play against them. I'm all for that personally. I um, can't play against us, but can hopefully bang in a goal against Celtic. Um, good to see that. Uh, Murphy's another one like Doherty and McCrory that I think we all want it to work out for them and we want to see them as regulars, but the, the reality of it is it's not going to happen, is it? Um, the manager just doesn't fancy them for whatever reason which is a shame for Murphy because he'll always kind of look back and think what if if he never got that injury because he was doing well for his he was, he was starting at that that's um time he had scored in one of the European qualifiers as well around about then then he got the injury and that's just ended it really um so maybe similar to like Graham Dorrance as well when you think back to him um it's they'll they'll be wondering what could have been if they never got injured um it's a shame to see him go, but I think ultimately if we're not really going to play him, then there's no point in him being here. We could use those wages for somebody else. No, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, I think it's the old argument that, oh, you'll get 100% out of him because he's a Rangers fan. Uh, people say that about Andy Halliday, but I mean, I, I would give you 100%, but I, I can't get you 15 goals a season. You know, I'll just... <laughs> Scott, it was quite a weird. Uh, me and you spoke about this. We were on on our way there to a night out, um, and we seen it was announced. It was like announced the back of four on a Saturday afternoon. That's it was strange, wasn't it? Because uh, it was obviously the rumours um, about it, mm-hmm. and it was I. You, I just thought, why has that been announced just now? But uh, I don't know if it had anything to do with it, if they need to get them registered or something, maybe before because Hibs are playing. Um, on Sunday today, so I don't know if it was something to do with that, um, and it was quite weird, I think it was the, the picture of the day as well, like, because yeah. it was his birthday, and <laughs> I don't know what's going on with it, nobody talking to each other. Yeah. <laughs> when we when we signed him, did we not announce it at like half eleven on a Tuesday night or something like that? <laughs> so he might as well finish the way he started. <laughs> I just really hope he was told he was going to Hibs beforehand. I hope this was pre-planned and he didn't get a birthday card for Mr Rangers saying, happy birthday Jamie, you're away to Hibs. <laughs> just uh, on the old old transfer speculation, there's, there's no point in going back over Morelos. That's just, we're going to have to wait and see what happens. Um, in terms of players coming in, Gerald said that uh, with Murphy going out, you know, it'll hopefully free up um, availability to get one or two more additions in. Um, so I suppose my, my question from you, Scott, um, is this another atta- attacker? The reason I ask this, um, Kevin Kyle mentioned uh, last week, I think it was, that it may be a good idea to sell Kent and bring in Martin Boyle. So my questions to you are, do we need an attacker and how much LSD was Kevin Kyle taking? <laughs> yeah. I don't. I, to be honest, I don't. I don't think we need an attacker. Um, if you if you look at our current current, I think even if Morelos goes, we we won't necessarily need uh, another attacker. I think we've got plenty of options and a few players that can play multiple positions. We're also doing 
different formations now. Uh, we're, we're throwing about five attackers on the pitch and just say, go and get a few holes sometimes, it seems, but it's working. So you need to remember, we've got Defoe coming back, uh, Itten, Roof, in terms of like maybe just behind the striker, obviously Roof can play there, Kent, Hadji, Barker, who's picked up his form, Aribo as well. So I, I don't think we need that necessarily. I think we, we need more of a attacking centre midfield. I think everybody's said that. But in terms of attacking options, I think we're quite top heavy. And I'm, I think we can we could trim it even further with possibly Jordan Jones going as well. So uh, to be honest, in terms of outgoings, I would only really expect or hope um for Jones to go and well Morelos if if necessary, if we get the right money for him. So Craig are you agreeing with Scott there? The reason I asked, he mentioned Morelos going. That would leave his way out and out strikers. Kemal Roof, Cedric Ritten and Jermaine Defoe. I'm always a fan of uh, four strikers, but are, are those three versatile enough? And uh, is that, are they good enough? I, um, I think it'll take a bit of time for them to properly get up and running. Um, I imagine Ritten's well, obviously injured just now, but... Ruth will be working on his fitness over the international break and try and get him up to speed because I reckon he's going to be the main man. I think no matter what happens, we'll bring in another midfielder at least. Um, and then assuming Morelos goes, we'll probably see at least one more attacker coming in, I would picture. Um, so it's I think we've said it a million times now, haven't we, with Morelos? Just if he's going to go, hopefully it just happens sooner rather than later and we can start planning for life without him because I think everyone's in limbo at the moment with it, not sure if he's coming or going and do you play him, do you not play him like we could have brought him on for the last 10 minutes yesterday and then on that shitey pitch you could have got injured and then that's no transfer happening so it's, it's a difficult one so I think for everyone if he's going it's better that it just happens um, and then we can get planning for life without him uh, so I'd imagine there'll be a couple of things lined up so we'll, we'll wait and see what happens with that one one uh, big, big rumour uh, going about this weekend, it was a son to put it in, so it's probably bullshit. Um, Lauren Shankland, I don't, I, I don't know if I'd, if I'd spend the money on him. I think Dundee United would be wanting £2 million for him, and for a striker that's only tested at the championship level, he's not got to come in and challenge Kemal Roof, and if he's got to be your third or fourth choice striker, why would you spend two million on him? Nah, it's, I think it's probably bullshit, and it's it's not really how we do business now. Like we don't really go. I think we would more likely go to another market. Like we went obviously to Belgium for for Roof and Italy, you know, Switzerland. We're, we're going to going to other areas, and to be honest, I I would imagine it might be able to even get a loan maybe somewhere mm-hmm. like maybe Liverpool. Or, um, a few youngsters coming through if we were desperate and seems to be working, you know, them loaning as well. Obviously, Ojo's a bit of an exception, but I've seen Ove Ajaria get a move to Redden. Did he? Uh, 3.5 million, got 7 million for, for Kent, so they must be relatively happy with what we're doing there. We're giving these players an opportunity to, 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 to play and will they ever make Liverpool first team these players? Probably not, but you know, it's just showing we're putting them in the window for championship clubs or, you know, ourselves to take them on a full-time basis. So, moving away from the football side of things, uh, the club announced a few um, a few developments in and around Ibrox. So, the first couple, 
Uh, Ibrox this season will have the LED mid-tier system for advertising, so all we call singing all dancing for Castor, uh, whoever we're whoever's <laughs> and whoever else. Is it a is it a logistic company as well that's on the kit as well? Circle. Circle wise, there'll be a big circle badge and bright lights, no doubt. There's gonna be a, an EPOS payments system, so they're going away with the old um, type in till, and I'm hoping this will mean you can finally pay with card by Ibrox. At Ibrox, right, that is what it means. Thank fuck, man. I mean, who can who carries cash these days? You know, <laughs> the big thing for me, I can now check how early my coupon is bust because there's going to be Wi-Fi Ibrox points. <laughs> right, no longer do I need to wait to half five on a Saturday, and I'm halfway down Paisley Road West to realise I'm. I'm no better off. <laughs> You're no a millionaire. I am no a millionaire. <laughs> You're a tenner down. Aye, they'll find that out at half time. But it's good to see um, after 10 years, or eight, nine, ten years of neglect, we are putting that that um, that funding and structure in place to develop Ibrox and maintain it. Absolutely, absolutely. And also the roof got a good last year in the lockdown as well. So the other big news, Craig, um, Rangers have now formally submitted their plans for the redevelopment of the new Edmonston house. So I know we spoke about this a couple of months ago, but this, this is really, really exciting. Plans for a museum, another retail outlet, uh, bars, cafes, a, a conference uh, venue site, uh, which should hold around between seven and 800 people. Should all be in place for 2020. It's, it's like Rangers are coming into the 21st century, mate. Uh, it's exciting is the word for that isn't it it's especially see see if we do it right which going by all the plans it will make an absolute fortune off it whatever we're spending on it will will be worth it we'll, we'll make that money back and plenty more uh there's just so much stuff you can do with it um when they move the shop in there then you can there's talk of turning the where the ranger shop is just now turning that into some sort of sports bar type thing um so that's another money maker but just wee things like the player of the year dinners and all the various dinners that we, we do, like the Burns Supper and all that sort of stuff. There, People pay over 100 quid each for one place at these things and all the money at the moment is going to different hotels and wherever we book out for that. So that's just money that we can be keeping. Um, you can use, I think they're going to use it as like a sort of fan zone and match days as well. Even away games, I'd imagine you could do it as a, a beanbag kind of thing and, and sell tickets for that. So the club can make an absolute fortune on it. And it's just, it's exciting, isn't it? All these sort of modern stuff that the club's been neglected for so long. Um, and now we're finally starting to see us getting brought up and um, back up to where we should be and leading the way and, and things. And just wee things like the, the advertising boards that you talked about. I, I just think that will give a more modern feel to the stadium. Um, that's what you look at, like Spurs' new stadium. Um, it just seems more modern and even futuristic, doesn't it? And it just... Just gives the whole place that better feeling. Um, Wi-Fi, it's, it's just something simple, isn't it? Being able to just send a message to your pal or whatever. It's just wee things like that that just make the whole experience bigger and and better. But the Edmondson House as well, it'll, it'll mean you'll get people going to Ibrooks well before kick-off and staying well after kick-off, spending money that they normally wouldn't be doing. So it's it's brilliant news all around. And that's I think that's the biggest thing for me, the... Um... Scott, I, I stopped drinking uh, before the games. 
because there's so many the third division season I can't even remember because I was steaming tight tailing it down. I just ended up hung over at half time. So I know that's an extreme measure, but you know I, I want to go to Ibrox. I don't want to get to Ibrox just for three o'clock. I want to go and go and get some tea and sit down. Um, you know, hang about, go and see the museum stuff like that. And that's got to encourage people to go. I think the big argument. Uh, that people had was it's got to take money away for the pub and the old west and the Lowes and tavern but I, I really don't think it is I think there's a massive market to to get people to I, get more people going no I think I think you know, you're, you're, you're bang on the money like it's I think that, that will they be shouting themselves absolutely uh, but I, I think it'll just be like people coming earlier and meet their pals like i'm not saying that you would go to all these places every time you come to ibrox but there's definitely it's an, alternative. Know, an alternative and mixes up a wee bit so i think uh, you're, as, as i say spot on i think it's a it's an investment but i can't see it not being successful um as long as it's like, sort of state of art i'd love to see the like pints in the tottenham stadium that fill up themselves you see now yeah be a class addition but i can't see is there can't see is doing that a shitty pint of carlin probably <laughs> <laughs> that's another thing kind of going off on a tangent i think we need to get out of the dark age and bring allow people to start drinking at the games now i think you know we weren't even born when, when this rule came into place, but if people are going to be drunk at the games, they're going to be drunk at the games. Regardless, I think if you give people an option to drink at the games, um, same as what they do in England, don't let them take it up, let them do it at the terraces, but it'll, you know, I think less people will get like mortal before yeah, yeah. it and they'll just steadily have a drink. I, I would love that. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. If it's, um, before before game and then you, you cut it off in fifteen minutes to go or something like right. last orders and then maybe one at half absolutely and it's it'll, it'll be a success you get so much money for the club for it but obviously yeah. that's more regulations rather than Rangers isn't it? No, it's because we support football and more rugby. <laughs> if we were rugby fans, it'd be all saying all dancing. But we get a free pipe. <laughs> so talk about Edmonton House leads us nicely on to Twitter pattern of the week or time we should choose part of the week because there's a lot that comes out for the games and that as well and just general chit chat what we've seen so my contender uh, for this week boys <laughs> on the on the tweet that Rangers put out announcing the, they've put in the plans for uh, the new Edmonston house a Celtic fan quote tweeted it that's embarrassing he's only been there for one year and he's not even played that much <laughs> also talk about George Edmondson Scott, have you seen anything that you've enjoyed this week? Nah, I enjoyed that as well. Um, Craig, what about yourself? Uh, it probably, it's probably one that comes more from the game, but <laughs> just Tav's fallen over. Just, <laughs> <laughs> no idea what happened. Uh, obviously, the ball there, and he's took his eye off. It's that shitey pitch at Hamilton. That's, that must be what it is. But he just kicked his own feet away and decked it. Uh, <laughs> seen in, I think it was a Goldson, I think, was on Instagram and posted a clip of it. And she said, my captain with, with laughing faces. <laughs> <laughs> but Tav got up, and I think he's seen the, the funny side of it as well. But <laughs> like, <laughs> I've got no idea what he was doing. He just decks himself, doesn't he? You know what I loved? He had the cheek to, like, when he felt he... He got up and then kneeled down to pretend to tie his laces. Oh, yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you looked at his laces, didn't you? <laughs> um, honourable mention as well to seeing the gaffer, Walter Smith, at training. Um, 
it, that pitch away with him alongside Steven Gerrard and Gary McAllister. That's beautiful. He's just such a beautiful human being, Walter Smith, isn't he? Absolutely. Aye. Um, can Brown, Bro- Brown Grove's galore. He's, 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 I'm getting emotional just thinking about him. <laughs> oh, if I was hung over there, I'd be in tears just thinking about that. But I, once again, that's two weeks in a row we've finished this on um, a Walter Smith comment. So it's the best time we call it quits. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. And thank you to Craig McAdam. Cheers. The wonderful Scott Hodge. Cheers, Paul. Take care, guys. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 